Hello, welcome to the Unsmore Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to a lovely Sunday evening uh, with my three very special guests here to talk about the 40k WTC event that is Greek Hammer. Uh, if you guys have been tuning in, this is our sixth week. It's very exciting. Uh, loads to go. Uh, Tom is here, as always, as is Neil. And we have a very special guest today, Tony Chu. Neil, can you introduce our very special guest, please? <laughs> Tony, uh, what can we say about Tony? Nicknamed Chewy. He is the current Team England WTC captain. And apart from being probably the most horrific person to play against in 40k because he only ever runs Storm Ravens over Flying Jank, he's also genuinely one of the nicest blokes in competitive 40k. You know, he always has a smile on his face. He's always a pleasure to be around. And he's always the kind of guy that will like, you know, clap you on the shoulder after his, after his Storm Ravens have raped you and say, <laughs> don't worry, buddy. Better luck next time. <laughs> and vice versa. I get my ass kicked quite a few times. You just don't make a big deal of that, Neil, but thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Tony, it's lovely to have you on the show how are you doing you doing well yeah not too bad we're yeah i it's as we were just talking about before we started real events that they're almost there aren't they touching distance so uh i'm starting to build my massive hall of stuff that i've just been collecting for what feels like forever but I, i've yet to paint anything meta cells <laughs> so so we get so some, do we get some sort of view into what you're uh, what you're building towards is it marines <laughs> uh let's see um, I, I sunk uh, a load of cash into a giant uh, G-Stealer cult army. Ooh. Yeah, that was good. So I'm just talking about them. <laughs> You're not the only one to do that, mate. I know. I feel. No, it's okay. And then I've, I've, weirdly, I, I'm still building up my Craft World Eldar and I'm making them work uh, against all the expectations um, on, on TTS events at the moment. I, Marines, I, I think there's, there's lots of, oh, there's, there's so much play in Marines depending on what flavor of chapter you go with. Um, but, I don't know where singles events are going to go in terms of win-loss. Like, are they going to go the old ICCC style of it's going to be win a game, margin of victory doesn't matter? Or is it going to be the WTC style 20-point scoring scale? So how you build a list, where these things go, is it's kind of all up in the air. So, yeah. build. I mean, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was building some Vanguard veterans just to be on the safe side, just to have a rainy day. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> um, uh, Team England. Uh, as the captain of Team England, Team England have got to be, uh, and it's the Homer Games Workshop, therefore I argue the Homer uh, Warhammer as well. Uh, do you feel like added pressure in some ways to uh, to represent England in that way, or is that not really factor into it? it? We came into the Greek Hammer event as a as a nice friendly practice event, and we brought, I think, first couple of rounds, we brought some lists that probably weren't as tailored as they could be, uh, and I think people were... were, were Chomping at the bit to play us, and we and again we tweak we we tweaked them for the next couple of rounds, but we're still testing stuff. And I think from our side of it, no, probably not. But I can imagine that there's a big target on our head that that people will go away and say, "Oh, we beat you in that round," or "We did we didn't do very well." Do you know what I mean? So it's it's a really interesting place to be in. I I, I find the TTS uh, format really useful for practice and really good way to get people to play outside the comfort zone and to meet new players. But I I. I I'm waiting to see what it'll be like when we get all the, the players I've been, uh, well, TTS playtesting for months back in the real world on real tables, trying real armies, because it just feels like such a different experience when you play online than when you play the game in real life. Um, I don't know if you could say we're defending champions anymore, because it's going to be the inaugural WTC when we eventually get there, isn't it, Neil? So... There's a graphic on the website that says but differently, it, mate. So but, it will, but I think, but I think, everyone, I think everyone would just still count it as, you know, I mean, anything... 40k part of the etc was its own thing for such a long time anyway yeah. 
it's just going to carry on. You know, we're already talking about trying to get a shield. We're already talking about we'll get a shield sorted or a trophy sorted, get all the previous winners' names engraved on. So right away back from what's it, two thousand and seven. So everyone's names will be on there already. So I'll make it cool. I mean, if you want to put us on, on there as the longest reigning champions, I'll chip in for a couple of extra shields right. just for 2019. Wasn't the Germans the Poles that won it like three years or four years in a row? I, think, I mean, we can count the years where there's been no event. That's definitely just the title retention. Even then, even then you're not doing <laughs> But uh, so should, we get, should we get on to the elephant in the room then since we're talking about the WTC? Let's do it, Neil. Let's do it. It's <sighs> it's being held in where they hold the UFC now on an island. Yes, <laughs> the WTC has is being cancelled for this year. Uh, no surprises to anyone, obviously. Postponed. Postponed. It's gonna be it'll be running in Austria, but it'll be 2022. No surprises. Vaccines aren't happening. Situations are better, and you can't run an international event with people coming from 20, 30 different countries. For a, to play 40k for a week and stay safe so very sad very upset have to wait another year before we can get together and do this thing yeah that, that's that's super tough and uh, but the, the right decision and the smart decision ultimately right well hopefully <laughs> no i definitely i definitely think it's the right it's absolutely the right decision there's no way i it'd be a miracle if you could actually run an event like that come mm. august to be perfectly honest you know, as, as you were saying, Chewie, just before we came on air, you know, they talk about the fact that you probably like get hefty fines if you leave the UK during the summer yeah. for no good reason. And <laughs> saying, you're, and, and, you know, try say that the, the, the Team England WTC captain is not going to fly. Just like telling some German policeman, I'm playing for Sweden in the ETC, doesn't get you out of the jail cell. Wait, what? <laughs> There's oh, a story there. No, oh, you've never, heard, you've never heard this story. No, go okay. for it, mate. Go so he's probably listening as well, my good friend Per. Um, this was this was ETC 2009. I think it was 2009. It was in Germany. It was and um, England were play. I was just to actually play for England. It was the first and only year I played for England. And we were, we basically realised we were going to play Sweden for potentially the set. Whoever, we're going to play Sweden on the Sunday morning, and whoever wins is going to go into the is going to go into the final round. You know, chance of winning the whole event. So we all went out and we met the Swedes and we said, let's get the Swedes drunk. <laughs> so and so we had a part of the Swedes and we got them really, really drunk. And to the point that one of them got so drunk that long story short, he ended up Nazi saluting a couple of bouncers and a police and then and also the policeman that came to arrest him for Nazi oh, bouncers. So he was probably thrown in the jail for the night. In the morning, the Swedish cats, Swedish players all went down to the local police station to get him out. And the German policeman's like, Why are we gonna let him out? He goes, Well, he's representing Sweden in an international sporting event. And they're like what sporting event? So they explained what Warhammer was, and they were told they don't leave the police station in the next five seconds; they'll all be in jail. Oh dear! That's Sweden, a, I mean, Sweden, still. The crazy thing is, Sweden still beat England and still went on to win the ETC that year, despite one of their guys being in the, in the local police station all Sunday there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack from that story i'm not gonna lie but weirdly i don't want to i'm gonna leave it in a box and move the hell on yeah, uh, that, is um, that england have retired by the way that isn't something we still play. is it tony is it yeah. so... i have seen the curfews i can confirm <laughs> what's the name of that tactic that's what i want to know um, um, to answer sorry again no puns digitally they might there might be something digital. There might be something online. We're going to talk to the captains and see what they want to do. Because running a full-blown WTC online would be a nightmare to start with. But there, there might be something, depending on what people want to do, what teams are willing to do and stuff like that. 
Okay, interesting. Interesting. Well, do keep us updated. It'll be it'll be fun. Uh, but I think uh, the correct decision ultimately. Uh, you guys got like you're making the right call, um, and it's just sad state of affairs. I think a lot of events and like uh, are very hopeful that they're going to be running like later in the year, and I think that they're being a bit keen personally. But we'll we'll see how time does go on. Uh, ultimately, a uh, good decision to be safe for the community and uh, and all of that. But that does mean you know there are people still practicing and playing games on TTS like we have been seeing in this Greek Hammer event, uh, which has been fun uh, and loads loads to unpack there. Tony, how's your team done over the past couple of weeks and a couple of rounds? <laughs> uh, hmm. We did really <laughs> well, guys. Lot. You did so well. I'm so proud of you. Have you learned a lot? Uh, I think we... So I, I I haven't picked a team of ETC veterans. Hmm. So I picked a lot of guys who have. Yeah. We, we, so the way we do it is we have um, people play. Oh, but wait, haven't you got Co, Ramsey, Harrison? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, but I would say I've got, I've got I had three people who had been before, and I had five who hadn't. And okay. then swapped one around. So Robbo's now jumped in on the Necron list. But we've got like uh, Vic VJ playing Sisters for us. We've got um, Alex Petford playing Death Guard. We've got uh, Danny's in there as well. Yeah, Danny's in there running his ad mech. We'll just go through the list. Go through that. And it, we had um, Tom Higginbottom was running the Harleys, but Marcus has, um, Hinson has swapped in to play it for the last couple of rounds. I mean, we're, we're, we're just trying to mix it up. The team has done okay, but I think a big thing for some of them is uh, one, learning to read lists properly. <laughs> the enemy is all their own. Uh, let's say that one of our uh, veteran ETC players might have missed that Mortarian was in a list when he was doing his Matrix colours. So then when he was got against Mortarian, he was like, oh, that's a problem. It's the WTC thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the understanding that, that and certainly our approach to it is your Matrix is you live or die by it. You, you're the person who's practiced that list, has refined that list. You're staking it that that list will get that score. So you have to go and get that score. And if rounds are really tight, if you bring in a 10-point, you know, an ETC 10-point score less than you're meant to, it's massive. I know the, and I think now the game has shifted so that lots of lists, like, so we're seeing uh, lots of teams conform about like the first four lists and the other four are a bit of flavor. So things like everybody's got a custodies list because it plays well, it scores well, it's hard to deny secondaries. Everybody's running some sort of death guard list because it does the same thing. Everybody's running an ad mech list because it's quite shooty and it picks more open board. Those kind of trends mean that those lists score consistently and our players aren't, weren't quite ready for that, aren't quite ready for that, have been a bit, a bit new to that. And it's just a bit of team development, which is really good, actually, because you, you do struggle in the UK normally. If everything was running, there wouldn't be a ton of team events. There wouldn't be a load of ETC scoring, um, 8, 8 v 8 team events to play and to mess around with. So it has been it's really useful. And we've, we've, we lost a round that I thought we should have won in, but we, two of our players said that they'd get 15-plus points and both got five or less. You know, that kind of swing that, yeah. And they went, oh, a bit of luck, a bit of bad play, a bit of the wrong choices. And then on top of that, two other players went, oh, I was expecting a draw. So uh, a draw, yeah. But again, I let it slip or I made the wrong choice or that person was lucky. And, you know, you can, as a team, you can, you can soak up maybe one game, possibly two, where the dice absolutely fail someone. But ultimately, you've got to put your toys in the right places, haven't you? And part of that is knowing the lists that you're yeah. playing. And then the rest is knowing what everybody else is playing. So interesting stuff uh, I mean, I, I, but I'm, I'm i'm not like i'm not some sort of savage with with the guys with, with somebody if somebody makes a mistake i'll just go well you made a mistake there because you said you get 15 you brought in five what was the problem what went wrong did you get this wrong be honest with me about it because i'm not going to lose my mind 
Are you not doing a uh, team survey, Captain, then, and basically threatening <laughs> to have people expelled from the country? <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't really like help you, though, right? Because if you don't help your players learn, then they're just no. going to stay the way they are, right? So oh, especially in a practice event like this, where you're not taking it like as seriously as you would a WTC, it's when you want to do. Yeah, 100% nice. Same in any sport. You know, if, as a player, if you underperform, the last thing you need is your captain and the rest of your team reminding you how badly you've underperformed. You know, that's well. you, you're already kicking yourself. You're, <laughs> you're already kicking yourself badly enough as it is. You know, pe- you need to people need to pick you up rather than let you sort of keep digging your own grave. I mean, there there are silly mistakes as well. I mean, things like people people pick pick a secondary that ultimately that you go, I would never have picked that secondary in that matchup. You know, like picking a deploy scramblers in a game where you know the person's got the bodies to block out the zone and you're never going to kill them all. Just silly choices, and you go, what, where was the thinking there? And that's uh, again, if you have the guys have been like. Oh, yeah, I was playing TTS. It was late in the night. I've been at work all day. Head wasn't quite in the zone. And maybe it is slightly different than when you're at a tournament and you're hyped and you're prepped or you're at the WTC and you're building up to it. For, do you know what I mean? So, uh, but again, good practice. Yeah. Would you, so we heard actually from, um, uh, from the guests we've had on previously and obviously also from Tom and Neil, and it's pretty much the point of this show that we're into the sixth week of now, that the uh, the preparation for the pairings, like, and you seem to say, seems to be the biggest focus of that team uh, mix-up. Like, how do you go through that process or do you just rely on all of the players' input? So with the first couple uh, of rounds, what we did was we so we, we have, a, we have a, a, a five-color matrix. So we go red, uh, red, amber, black, yellow, green in kind of five-point brackets. We do have a purple for a swing where literally it's like a, if he goes first, he tanks me. If I go first, I tank him. Um, and vice versa, actually, in some of these missions with certain armies and the secondaries they want to score going second. Um, uh, to start with, we went. We had a couple of um, team calls where we chatted through colors and got, went through the list to make sure people knew what they were doing. But ultimately, after that, I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> You've got to come and practice the colours, and, and if you're stuck or you're not sure, I want you to ask people. We've got a, we've mm-hmm. only got the group of eight people who are playing in the chat. There's me, um, there's Josh Roberts, the ex-captain. There's um, a couple of other players that are involved in the squad that want to be involved. Go some sometimes they go, you know, the guys who've got more free time sometimes go and play it, put the thing on the table before they play the game. If that's mm-hmm. when the, I mean, I suppose that's a bit cheaty as well, isn't it? Going uh, gentleman agreement. I'll play that Harlequin list for the first time on Friday, but I'll practice it on Wednesday and Thursday. I mean, you, do, you don't get that for a real tournament. But, but that, it's, it's for, this is what we're looking at. It's just practice. It's for fun. And the guys need to learn how to put the colours in right and to know how their list works. And I think lots of them would tweak their lists again if we could tweak it for rounds, uh, the last couple of rounds anyway. Mm. Do you think that like, do you think that, that there's so much time to consider because of the TTS format and the fact that it's happening over days and weeks? Like you said, do you think that that time to consider um, is really like being driven home? Whereas, like at a real event, you just wouldn't have the time. You'd have like an hour between the next round. You wouldn't really be mulling through your list. In that, it would be more you would decompress at the end of a tournament, right? Yeah, I mean, at, at, at the actual WTC, I think one of the strengths of our, of England is. We're the boring home nation, as everybody always calls us, because we go home in the evenings. We don't go out in on the events on, but we literally we go through the matrix, not only for the team we're playing the next morning, but we go through the matrix for the team we're probably going to play in the afternoon based on who we think is going to win or loss. We do a matrix for every single team that goes to the event without fail, and we go through the colours and we check it. The captain, the vice captain, the coach will usually do that for the event, and we're just super hot on it because 
like I said, you've, if you've got half an hour because the round runs over, you need to get some lunch. Somebody had to go out to the shop or whatever, and you've got to suddenly do, oh, quick, we're playing this team in this mission. You've got to have a baseline. You've got to know what you're talking about. So mm. I think the, the, that side of it is massively important. And for anybody going for the first time with a team, you've just got to know how your list works inherently in ninth. And then you can branch out and go to the experts on the other list and ask them if you're not sure. And to be honest, you say, you say you get called the boring team, but at the end of the day, how much money your players invest in collectively over the year? Mm-hmm. You want you you want you want a return to your investment in times of times and money. And if that means that you only go out on like the Wednesday night and the Sunday night, you get smashed instead of every night. Well, that's the price you pay to be the best, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm, I'm late thirties now, but like we go usually we go on the I mean, on the Wednesday. The event starts on the, the Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, isn't it? We usually yeah. have our social on the Wednesday and then recover with a game on the Thursday. But, and then Sunday, yeah, free-for-all again. But I don't get how, if like some of, like some of the last events, the ones in Serbia, where we were coming out and after we'd finished and we got home to the hotel and had a shower, it's half past nine, ten o'clock. We've got to get some food. We've got to get eight to ten people somewhere. Into, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how people are then going and doing any prep for the next day and having a meal. Just... It's because we're all too old now, Tony. I mean, that's the thing. Back, <laughs> but, but back when this started, you know, Gaz yeah. Jones was nineteen when <laughs> the first. Oh my word! You know, <laughs> you know, you, we were young enough to go out and drink all night and do pairings in the pub and get it half right. Neil, <laughs> I mean, you, you could say that Gaz has never been nineteen. Let's be honest. Do you know the first time I played Gaz was, was thirteen years old? That's her name. Yeah, you, you've told and me. And he was incredibly smart. cocky, and he still is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tom, uh, do, you not, do you not think that the rest of the teams have, have everybody's up their game in terms of pairing and matrix and prep? I think since the years I've been going, it used to be that some teams would do everybody and some teams would do more, but now everybody does it. It really is a baseline. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, you definitely notice it with the new teams as well. Mm-hmm. When teams come to the WTC for the first time, that they're not, no matter how good they are, they're not quite there in terms of how much time and effort they need to put into those pairings beforehand. And you see it, and just the results they, they deliver, and they, and they always they always say like, "Wow, we didn't realize how much, like how, how you know how we got screwed in the pairings." And that's 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 been the unifying thing for years now. The new teams say so. You want to get good, you got to put the effort in. Definitely. Would Would you say uh, one of the things? One of the things that's interesting would interest me is if let, let's say I wanted to go and create a set of pairings information for myself tomorrow. I guess Tony, you've already got a whole bunch of spreadsheets and information that you've practiced and developed over the years. I guess. Maybe that resource isn't available for new teams. They don't really have the workflow available yeah. to even understand. Is would that be fair? Yeah. So we we played another team that are uh, a bit newer um, as prep before the, we've been doing some prep TTS rounds and things. But it's way back in January. But we shared with them the matrix of some of the other teams. Like we played a couple of rounds against Poland, so we just shared it and talked them through it because the captain found it really useful to have a look at that and see how we did it, what was our thinking, why did you put that? Because even just things like, why did you put that guy forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that we, we uh, me and him talked at length was about was some players just, they need to lose a couple of games because they just, they don't see how they lose a game. They don't see how that oh, isn't yeah. a 20 nil. And then they go and they play it and either they go, oh yeah, I got that wrong. Or they can then be going, oh, I, I know it was just dice. I was just yeah. unlucky. And you're like, oh, I don't think it was. No Watch such game. It's, it's learning yeah. how to learn, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that brings you right around to team selection, how you pick the team, because ultimately it's, it is eight guys who have spent a whole year 
loads of money, hundreds and thousands of pounds to get yourself out there and stay and prep and food and travel, whatever. Uh, and you have to pick the, the seven guys on the team with you that you can trust, mm, yeah. that you could trust are going to do the job, but will say the right thing, will do the right thing, and know what they're doing. So Yeah, I mean, perfect example of that is Courtney Co. Yeah. I mean, he, he is, he, he, he rarely, if ever, wins tournaments, but he's so consistent. Yes. And he knows and he knows his army inside out and he puts all the time and the effort in so he knows every single matchup. So you he is so consistent in what he says he what he says is gonna happen will happen. Courtney is the ETC player that's played he's won the most medals. Uh, he's been yeah. at every ETC where England have, have podiumed. Uh he's won the most medals, he's been the most times, and he gets the most stick from people who don't know him because they go, Well, yeah. what he won? Yeah. And he but it's, go, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But it's I've just ETC twice. I don't yeah. heard once. But it's like Brett, Brett Armitage. Brett Armitage yeah. was the best first defender, period. But he both played for Scotland and played for England. He would go first defender and he would walk away over a six-round tournament with yeah. 80 odd points. He'd walk away with a, with a positive as first defender. Yeah. But everyone would go, oh, but Brett Armitage never comes in more than the top 50% right. of a tournament. It's like, it doesn't matter. He's so consistently good that you can build a team around right. him because you know what he's going to, you know that he will deliver for you every time. I, I could talk about this actually now because obviously the WG has been cancelled, but he was picked to play for Wales this year as well. And there's a yeah. reason why every team picks him up because he's so valuable in what he does. Yeah. It's actually insane. Yeah. He's really good pickup. Yeah. Wow. You don't have to, you don't, it's not about the guys who get the 20 points. It's mm. about the guys who will, who know their army and know the matchups well enough that if they say they're going to get eight or 12 or 13. Mm. That's what they're going to get. And there, as far as a captain, you can plan the rest of your pairings effectively around yeah. that. Well, here's a question for you. I've, I had 16 people apply for the team this year. Well, it was, it was more than that, actually. But I mm. did, after our process, we rattled it down to 16 plus me. I'm going to play, or would have played. So how many do you think out of the 16 want to be a 20-point big game playlist player? About three or four. I'd oh, say, okay. I would say maybe four. <laughs> this is, so, uh, two. So two really? I'm overselling it, yeah. And, and, yeah. That is, and that is a massive issue with how people build lists and how people play the game in that and it comes back to what i was saying about um, tournament play like if tournaments go to the old itc i picked you by a point but i get 100 added to my score and i win okay then people will build lists that are really defensive and you'll go to wtc and it'll be a sea of 10 tens and very few people want to take the risk with like uh, an infiltrating raven guard list or a massive horde list that yeah. it will do something different Yes, it will have some really bad matchups, but when it gets its good matchups, it'll win. Uh, and the last one we won, Nick Nandavati did that with his triple aberrant list. I was the Eldar plane player list, and Josh, the captain, was the Death Watch list. And between that, what we did was there, we leveraged our three best lists, in our opinion, into the best matchups, and the other five players had to bring in the remaining points. Yeah. And obviously, some of the games that some rounds that didn't work, some rounds I got a bad match, or Nick got a bad match, or Josh got a bad match, but that was generally how we did it. And then That's we had just... Manny on a ridiculous guard. <laughs> Manny can't just, play a list. That'd be yeah, but, but Manny's list was just, it, it, it wasn't, didn't lose easily and it had the jank to win big. Yeah. And he added that on top and it was the perfect combo. Yeah. So I was going to say that's an interesting point because we had, we've had this conversation previously about, and you mentioned it earlier as well, about scoring and how the different scoring systems affect the type of armies. And like you said, you know, ITC, you didn't have to win big to win at all, but you just had to win. Yeah. Win by a single point, but win every single game by a single point, and you could potentially win the tournament if it was a, you know, a win loss tournament, and there were it was just enough rounds to find one winner. Whereas obviously, so we wind the clock back, you know, a few years, twenty nil was the big deal, especially in Europe, 
and to win a 20 nil tournament, especially if you go to a five round tournament in the UK, and there's 100 players, so you have to get 20 nils in all your games to win. So do you think that the, the way that the ITC will say now the new GW missions have changed the way that you, you win a game and therefore win a tournament, do you think that's affected people's abilities to be those 20 nil star players? I think yes, because everybody could set out not to lose, mm-hmm. but then does your not lose list stop the other person from scoring? Yeah. Like take Death Guard. Death Guard have got bags of tricks, but you've got to bring an aggressive, particularly comped Death Guard list that stops me scoring my points. Yeah. Because your Death Guard list is probably slow. It'll have, even if you bring in some Dreadnoughts, you know, Volkites and Cyclones or whatever, you still bring in limited shooting. You still bring in limited range. You still bring limited speed. Uh, you know, some. Whereas something like a Harlequins list, maybe you could push that into be a bigger scorer. You could be more aggressive with it. But again, you're limited with what you have sitting on your objectives. You can't stand in the open. There's there's so many lists that go cool. I can get well. I can do three characters hiding, and that gets me while we stand, we fight. And I could do deploy scramblers really easy, and I'll probably get engaged because I'm fast. Oh, but I don't stop you scoring those objectives at the back of the board. Yeah. So yeah, and then I think we'll see. It's hard, it's, I think it's hard to play some of like, you know, if you play a really extreme all infiltrating Raven Guard list, Raven Guard Space Marines, for example, you probably can hit some bad matchups. You can go second and not be able to get your gimmick off. And But there, I mean, there are some clever lists that get around that within the Greek Hammer pack. So there's some, it's nice to see that I think a lot, I think other teams have adapted to it quicker than that my team has. Fascinating. Honestly, like I could just listen to a lot of that. For, there's loads I'd like to unpack from that. Um, I think one of the things that I think is most interesting is how, like Neil was asking about how the scoring changes the, that list composition and how that might even affect in singles in the future. Um, and, 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 and generally the matter as is, because obviously the game, I don't know, maybe is designed for single play um, based on their scoring system. So then uh, changing it to some degree and then changing how things works. Uh, yeah, like Tori Rob says in the chat, fascinating. Uh, absolutely. Well, um, I was going to say, if you go, if you if you think of like last year, the last sorry, the last year that we had tournaments and events and that we did the WTC. I mean, that year the Cali, the Caledonian uprisings in January and the Cali in the summer, they were twenty nil ETC scoring. But then you had LGT and you had Glasshammer that would just win by a point and get you hundred big ITC ones. And yeah. You just you you saw big players completely change their list to go with it. So it'd be really interesting to see how people come down. As we go yeah. forward with events, as events start to creep back in, how they want to score it, if they adopt a universal system. Because I don't think, I could be wrong here, is there an ITC format for it at the moment? Or they've said they're going to do something? Well, or... I listened to an interview, actually, um, on Friday that Reese did with the Alliance Open guys. You can go find it on their uh, YouTube page. It's like referee chat. I'm going to be on it next month. And Reese said a really interesting thing there that a lot of people, I think, have suspected. And he said that part of the agreement that they've got with GW because GW obviously get heavily involved with all these FLG tournaments going across America. That's no shocker there. Is that they're not going to produce ITC rules or an ITC FAQ because they're not going to produce a set of rules that contradicts that says play differently to GW, which is very which I think a lot of people suspected, and it's very interesting to actually say it because it's not been actually vocalised before. So you can actually go listen to that interview. It's a really good interview. It's a really good interview, um, especially if you're an up-and-coming CEO, listen to Reese, how he talks about his tournaments. So it's really interesting. But that little bit he said there, I think, speaks volumes. Um, we know that Mike Brandt is obviously the guy pushing tournaments in 
for GW now. And Mike is very much has this has has very openly has had this opinion for years even before he became part of GW that there is a certain way to play 40k at all and to make it the best possible way. You know, it's like a win loss. He he, he views it very much like a like a sports event that it's designed for the pros to win, the best guys to win, and nothing but. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see GW saying to a lot of big events, "You want our support. You want us to play ball with you." Rather than maybe try to squash you, you got to go along with us. And uh, that would be their scoring system. That would be that would be running the GW scoring system, running the GW issues, not creating something that goes against the flow. Okay. And that, was, like I said, like I said, it was very fascinating that, that Reese said that he did say he was part of NDAs. They're not that the frontline gaming are not going to produce alternative rules that challenge DW's rule set. They're not going to produce an FAQ either that says this is how you should play it over what GW's seen. Super fascinating. Now, what that I know what that means for us WTC, I don't know because it's no it's no secret. Everyone knows that Tom Adriani is obviously one of the uh, playtesting team, and he's been a long time involved with the FAQ team. Um, and obviously Mike Brandt is a WTC player and the, the ET, GW has become very interested in WTC we've mentioned on their, on their webpage quite a lot and stuff like that but this conversation has not been had with us yet and it'll be very very interesting because obviously our like the, DT, the WTC community has a very strong opinion on how team play 40k play works as you said Tony it isn't the same to singles play you can't just take singles play and apply it to team play it doesn't work it's not the best way to do it so just there's going to be an interesting conversation coming up at some point I believe that conversation has not been had mm-hmm. and I if it will be had and will be had it'll be super interesting just to be just just to be clear for people who might be new and already for some reason are this deep into this podcast, uh, <laughs> uh, the scoring system obviously is like based on points variance produces a zero to twenty score. So for people Correct. listening at home, so however much you beat someone by, there's a you get it gets converted into a, a zero to twenty kind of score. With for, for every for every five points you gain one point of your opponents. You both start on ten ten. If I beat if I beat Tom by five points. I get 11, Tom gets 9, so on and so forth, up to 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, my question uh, for you, Tony, because you kind of brought the topic up. Uh, thanks, Desert Sketch, for resubscribing, and hello, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, is how do you think, uh, and question obviously open to all three of you, how do you think the difference, like what's the difference specifically, do you think, between the standardized scoring we're seeing in singles 40k right now and the variance-based scoring that you get for WTC? What do you think it would do generally to games? Do you want to go first now? I can go first. I think that 20 nil creates a situation where it's about denying your opponents as much as scoring points. In the straight GW system, it's about getting to it's about maximizing your points as fast as possible. That's the that's the most important thing. I mean, 20 nil is also just as equally important to try to deny your opponents. Because okay. if you if I if I score 100 points against you, Rob, but you score 98 points, it's a 10 10. No, I don't. It's a 10 10. It's a draw. It doesn't matter. Uh, in WTC, sorry. Yeah. In WTC. Yeah. So it's about so twenty nil is about denying your opponent as much as scoring. But it, but then that takes us back to why some players love WTC, go every year, mm-hmm. and not massive fans. They'll go, they'll do singles events, get some practice, and play new people. But mm-hmm. they're not as massive fan because you can take a, 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 a an extreme or a comp list to play a certain way in WTC that just wouldn't do well in singles. A great example of that is, a couple, I mean, a couple of years ago was um, Skark from Poland. We played them and he was running um, Magnus and a Dominus Knight and two Chaos Knights, double guns. Yeah. And this list was getting 20 
every round. And we played them. We were like, how is this guy getting 20 every round? That list is just it's not great. It's got no scoring. And what he was doing was they were picking like custodies and him to play everybody's Nurgle Demon list. And then he was just going, cool. So uh, Magnus is casting on Ridiculous. He warp times forward, removes your invun save, warp times, or you know, runs away backwards. So it moves forward, does it, warp times backwards. And then all these knights remove that 30 blog, 30 man blob of plate bearers. Cool. How many turns are there? Oh, have you got 150 plate bearers? No. I've won the game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that list wouldn't win a singles event. That list wouldn't no. do well. But it was amazing in teams because they could aim it at exactly what it needed to do, that they knew everybody else was bringing in the meta, and it brought in big scores. So that coming, coming back to the Greek Hammer event, we are struggling with lists like that. I mean, I actually pushed our Space Marine player off a Salamander's put-forward list onto a Dark Angel successor and a Raven Guard successor list. <laughs> One, to push him out of his comfort zone, but two, to go go and be aggressive in pairings. And it, um, that's the only score that's come in in our round against Canada so far, and he got a 20-0. Yeah. Because uh, he, he played a list that in his scoring matrix, he predicted a 10-10 draw. Now, can I, can I ask, I can were there, were, were there any, were there any virtual water off, bottles involved in his game? I could spawn some in every time he plays, if you'd like. But, um, There's a flick to the bait, that's what it's for. Oh yeah, we, we did say we were going to have to do some sponsored merchandise with his face on, water bottles for the team. But, um, <laughs> but, if, but that's the kind of thing where the threat, like he, I asked him feedback on his game, and the, he said the threat of his potential list going forward and being really extreme scared the other guy to be more defensive. And so then he got a massive win. And I think that that's the kind of thing that you're going to need to be to, to really win big events. You're going to have to take a risk because lots of you're going to have to be able to get into somebody's DZ and take them off that objective. I mean, look at the Dark Angels Codex. There's an objective, there's a secondary objective where if you hold an objective all game, you get 15 points with an obsec unit. Yeah, you just it's take your crazy. Move yeah. Easy. yeah, I mean, the last guy I played who had that um, the other week put ten obsec Deathwing Terminators with Storm Shields on it, and just sacrificed them all game. But when would it get to be fifteen? Is it in the same tree as Oath of Moments as well, Tony? Because I haven't had a proper chance to look at it yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay, so you can't take both of them and just walk in. <laughs> no, but you're just like yeah. You know, oh yeah, it's still bad enough. Yeah. Like, uh, and that's I think that's it. Is that people? You've got to find a way to stop your opponent scoring those secondaries. It's massive. And you've yeah. got to get over to the objectives. And whether it's you have infiltrators, you have shooting, you have deep strike, whatever it's going to be. So coming back to your scoring systems, if I think if if, if it becomes win-loss, then I think people will build lists that score them as many points as possible and just play that. You won't stop me scoring. Yeah. If it sticks to a WCC 20 deal. I think it's potentially more interesting in the singles market. Singles yeah. market. Singles. Uh, hey. yeah. <laughs> which, which, uh, which, which, you, which of the two scoring systems do you think creates uh, more variety and more dynamic lists? The latter, the yeah, twenty nil. I, 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 yeah, because I, I, do you know what? I'd love to. I'd love to bring more extreme lists. I've always have because I, my style of this writing is. I like it that when we rock up to the table, you go, what the hell is that? By the time you figured it out, I've won the game and I'm patting you on the shoulder and going, oh, never mind, buddy. You did really well. Thanks very much. See you later. Yeah. That's, you that's see, it. like I said, Tony Chu, the nicest man <laughs> in the UK. It, it also gives you something to play for, right? Because you, it, yeah. like, we could take the example of the, um, the Knights list that we were talking about with Skark earlier, but you can't take that to a singles event because it's built to play specific things. So you still have to take something that's like relatively capable and not just going to pray that it gets the same five matchup for five, for five rounds. So you end up taking something that 
always gives you something to play for. Even if you're going to lose the game, it's like, well, maybe I get five points, maybe I get four points. And it's, it might mean you're not going to win the tournament, but it'll push you up a ranking somewhat. As opposed to the other one where you end up in a situation where you're in a matchup that is incredibly hard for you. And it's just a case of, well, I've got nothing to play for here. I might as well have fun with it. I mean, the third option we haven't discussed is you just go straight battle points, and you go, yeah. cool. If you just get 100, you get 100. But if you win, if you win 100 to 98, and you put against 98, that makes the event really interesting as well. Mm, yeah. you, get, you get people jumping up from all over the field. It is crazy <laughs> when you have, have yeah. events like that. So uh, there's merits to all three, and some players will love one over the other. will say that I'm crazy for liking the ones I like. But Fascinating, honestly. I'm just loving listening, if I'm honest. Uh, all right, so uh, this week... Uh, Should we actually Tom, get to the pairings? Yeah, well, Tom, yeah, Tom do you want to intro what pairings we're looking, we're looking at? So I am admin bot this time. Uh, so we are playing Overrun in this mission, and we've got England playing against Canada. Uh, we've got uh, Tony on, obviously, to, to help us go through these. So for England, you guys have got a, as you've already alluded to, a Raven Guards kind of in-your-face list with, with some Dark Angels MSU in there. So it's got like 20 Vanguard veterans, that kind of jazz. You've then got a Death Guard list with Triple Contemptor. Uh, you've got an Orc list with three Death Dreads in it. And I specifically highlighted that for Rob. You've got a, uh, a Breacher Spam list with two planes. You've got a Custodes and Guards list, which is popping up all over the place. But this is a little bit different because you've gone for like Venetari or the things like Manticore, so ignore line of sight. You've got the familiar Triple Catan Necrons list. You've got a Huckman list with no bikes and three squads of 10 uh, players. And then you've got a Zephyrim Heavy Sisters list, which I actually really like. And then you're pairing into Canada, who is very similarly gone for a Zephyrim Heavy Sisters list. Another Triple Catan list, but this one's got three Tesseract Arcs in it, which you do not have. <laughs> They've got a double. Dimicaron Nids list with a mini Gene Stealer Cult Patrol specifically for that awful secondary. We've got a four plane Admech list with 32 Electro Priests. Uh, I think they're Fulbright Electro Priests, but I need to double check that. Then you've got a Terminator Wall Dark Angels list with 25 Terminators and double five man Interceptor squads. A Death Guard list with Slash Terminators. Garden Custodes with lots of infantry, so you've got loads of infantry squads uh, in the guard and then some Custodian Guard in the Custode side just so you can drag Scarry off the, uh, the Drakari. And then you've got another Harlequins list with no bikes, but it also has no big bricks, which is what you guys have. And then you guys won the roll off the first defender, to pick the first board. So your yeah. first defender was, uh, you put down a breach of spam uh, for Danny. Yeah. And then Canada attacked with the, the Garden Custodies with all the infantry we were talking about earlier, and the Terminator Wall uh, Dark Angels. And you did elect to take the Dark Angels and put it on table seven, which I believe is one of the two lighter boards. So you, what you've done there, you start breaches down, given it a nice board, hope you get some points. Now, I'm going to ask this now because it's it's not something... If, I could ask it in the next section, but I'm going to do it now because it's a little bit easier. Uh, the Garden Custodies pop up as an attacker twice here, and they get rejected twice. Was that a case of you not liking the matchup, or were you trying to save it for the last four? We had lots of people that thought they could play it, and we weren't... It, 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 it scores well, but offensively, it's not as scary as other lists. So we felt that, that we felt that that was one of their weaker lists, even mm -hmm. though it's one of their more well-known players. So yes. you can... We weren't sure if it was uh, they were trying a concept with a better player to try and leave it, or whether or not they just they thought that was a great list, but yeah. the van ended up on it. So uh, where we're at there is, like, take Danny into the Dark Angels. That's not necessarily a great game, but he's got a chance on a more open board to do the damage, and also that the Dark Angels Terminator list, other people didn't want it. So we're trying to... You know, when you put forwards... Some people get bust. Some people get 
get a bad matchup and you go, <laughs> sorry, mate, try and get five points. So you're yeah. the side. And other yeah. people, you know, you get them the ideal ones and they push. That one, I, mm. I mean, the Admech this round is uh, is predicted great scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think a lot of my players are pessimistic this round because it's... <laughs> Imagine that on the images. Players. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but I think... We, we were optimistic our first round. We lost yeah. our second round where some of the optimism players I've mentioned already did come in with their scores. And I think that gave us a bit of a confidence knock. We went into the last into the next round and we had some really close games. Um, and it came down to to a couple of people just winning big that maybe again shouldn't have that whether they felt their opponent made a mistake and gave them points. Um, so this one, I think people are cautious that it's people they've known, people they've heard of, people they've maybe even played before. So... It's all, it all mixes in. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. a blank, it's not a blank uh, canvas where you just go. If it was just a generic team, don't know who they are. Here's how many points they are. Here's the list. I actually think we'd have a different matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go off the matrix. So yeah, our admet player says it isn't good for him. Under the bus you go. Thank you. I mean, very if it's much. wrong, well, they learn how to read matchups, and it's. <laughs> I can, can I ask a question quickly about? Because um, I was going to ask this uh, just in, when we were talking about the team composition with Team England earlier. Um, would you say that there being more well-known players in obviously uh, air quotes, uh, more well-known players is a, an advantage or a disadvantage in some ways, or is it a little bit of a little column A, little column B? A bit of both. A bit of both. I think. Yeah. It. Uh, God, I. I I don't know how people perceive us, really. I know we've got some infamous players and we've got some favourite players and we've got some well-known players. I mean, I don't think anybody comes and goes, oh, no, it's Matt Robertson playing the Necrons, do you know what I mean? Or it's James Robinson playing the Custodians. Yeah, but I, 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 I suppose I'm on the inside. I don't know how people view it on our side. When it's somebody... I mean, a, a classic one, though, was... Uh, I've got a note on here from our um, Death Guard player that he says, it's it, this uh, playing into... Vessel's death guard. He said it'd be a yellow or a green if it wasn't Vessel, because <laughs> he's going to know all my tricks. So I mean, it, it, it's definitely in some people's minds more than others. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I, mean, right. per- I mean, personally, I think this. I, I'm I'm not sold that this is a good match for the Admech, because though you you're not going to kill those all those Terminators and all those um, blade guards. There's not enough volume of fire uh, in the uh, no, no. I, the I spam list. This is a bad matchup. Yeah. But- that's you tough because if you, if you if you give me seven bad matchups and one good one, I am probably not going to pay you into the good one unless they. <laughs> so at Fair that enough. point, Mate. you're taking the best thing that makes everybody else's matrix look yeah. good. And you're um, Arcanders at the pool, which is really really good because you yeah. know how broken that codex is. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about how you guys put down the breaches spam because you were able to get the lighter board. It looks like Canada did completely the opposite thing, and they put down the double Dimacare on uh, Nids. Uh, with the mini G Steel Cop Patrol, and then putting this on table one, which is one of the more heavy yeah. boards. Well, I was going to say clearly, we know, we know that Chris, the Canadian captain, listens to our podcast or watches some play hockey, <laughs> and clearly he's been hearing us talk about how doubled American Nids is just the best attacking arm. He also arm, talks to Innis a lot. Yeah, so, he talks to Innis so... a lot as well. So clearly we know where you, you can get literally these ideas see some copy paste lists between Canada and Scotland in this pack. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, you guys then put down the Death Guard and the Custodies. And my initial thought on this was it they're both lists that are incredibly hard to charge for the to, for the Tyranids. I could be way off, but I'm go- I'm going to suggest it anyway because it's what I do. Um, Death Guard it, it's difficult to to charge because you end up going down the activations and Custodes that have access to a huge amount of defensive buffs. Is that about correct? Yeah, and also they they don't. 
those lists don't need to fly over the board at you yes. and then get countercharged and lose yeah. something in it. It's not a trade game where if you fluff the trade, you lose a big unit. Do you know what I mean? Uh, where like a sister's list maybe is that. Um, then it's so our, our Death Guard's got a war forwarded score. Our Custodian's got a war forwarded score. It's on that Nids list to come off and knock them off the points. So that was the thinking. Yeah, I like it. So that one seems pretty straightforward. They end up taking the Death Guard uh, off the table and then leaving you the Custodies and the uh, and the Venatari uh, and the and the Guardless. And then they got to put the pick the next board as well. So they put down the Harlequin as a second defender, which, as we talked about, is very MSU based. It doesn't have any really big bricks of players. Uh, instead, it has a it's, it's seven or eight transports, isn't it? It's quite a lot of transports and then lots of little squads. I just I just had it on my screen a second ago. <laughs> I was just skipping through it. Well, this is actually second defender. But this is the score. Yeah, this is yeah, uh, yeah, nine transports. Yeah, there you go. So nine, nine, nine units actually. of nine units of five fusion pistols. Yeah. So you guys put down the mirror in terms of your own Harlequins, and then you also put down the Raven Guard and and the Dark Angels, and and they ended up taking the Dark Angels, putting it on table six. I mean, that was a game that you twenty nil, right? Have you heard anything from Alex about how that game went? So he. He got the first turn, which okay, is good. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but he did. But he didn't. I think he 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 swung everything to one flank, which made the Harlequin player go, "Oh crap! I'm going to redeploy." <laughs> over to the other flank, which then meant his secondaries didn't work because he picked um, he picked banners, so he pushed yeah. him off the objectives he wanted to stand on, so he couldn't set his banners up first turn. He yeah. picked the um, oh what's what's it called? He picked assassinate. I think mm. he picked assassinate. Oh no, uh, mental interrogation. Sorry, the one we yeah. we have to steal. Hold the center. Yeah, no, it's the the one we have to get within eighteen of a character. Oh yeah, you steal the character. Uh, it's, it's a Warcraft one, so yeah. yeah. So so c- come and get within eighteen of my Raven Guard army. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it sounds a bit like all of the things I've complained about in my <laughs> where you maybe haven't worried. And then Alex said he was a bit worried about the Alpha Strike a bit too much, so it was massively defensive. And Alex could just force his way through onto the secondaries, control the primaries, stop him scoring primary for three turns. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning Absolutely. that this is Overrun, which is Dawn of War deployment, so it's quite wide. So when you push someone out to a side, it, it's quite a big distance. But also, it's a whole two-hold free mission. So you, if you end up getting pinned in, in a corner, you are not getting primaries for, for a vast no. majority of the game. It's a huge swing. And that Harley list doesn't want to drop five guys on foot in the open to hold them. Hell no. The set yeah. transport on it. So it's mm-hmm. struggling to put loads of upset bodies in the right places. Um, I mean, our Harley list, I'm not sure if our Harley list is that optimal and that we've got no bikes and all in foot of troops, but it does play the missions really well and it is good at holding objectives and being a bit more of a blunting list Mm -hmm. than others. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't expect a 20. We did still have that as a 10 because we thought that the Harleys could use the speed, could get around, could be annoying. The fusion could could roll hot on the Vanguard. Now they can't transhuman. but yeah, that came in big for us. So that that's a big swing in a, a matrix that looks yeah. pretty pretty yeah. close. Yeah, actually. and Def Two as well. Um, with your Def Two, you actually had the option of a second really light board, which kind of works quite well for your orcs. Although you didn't know you had that when when you put this down because they, you know we're going to take table six, and then they put down the uh, the Death Guard with the Slanash Terminators and the Guard Custodians. With, with I I, I would say yeah, but we we thought that yep. they were going to save their admech for the swing, and mm-hmm. we put down something to take the second light table. There it is. Deny it from the admech player. There, there's a big uh, brain play, boys. Yeah. <laughs> do, you so, explain, do you want to explain that out to people? So there's two tables that are more light than the other ones, and that aren't covered in woods that give you loads of minus ones to hit. 
Uh, we ended up picking Courtney's one, which does have more woods in its line of sight, but he plays orcs, so he does not care. Um, so the idea there is, we know you have a shooty list and it wants line of sight. So now we're going to try and wrangle a matchup where it plays a list of ours on a board that's got not good line of sight and you're going to be massively suffering. And that is exactly how that worked out. <laughs> Taking a list that really wants a specific board and then leaving it for the bottom four is a little bit sus. Yeah, not sure how I feel about that one. You need, if you need a board, yeah, you can do. You can, you can do. do, but you really want to be going out early. But do, but this is the question: Did they expect us to lead with Admech as a defender? I don't know. Jim's in the chat. Jim might be able to tell us. Did they expect us to lead with the you know with, to follow it up with the Orcs? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm, even then, I'm not. These guys aren't predicting twenty nil wins because they got a good board, but it yeah. helps. It does. <laughs> it's every little advantage, so, mate, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, with your Orc list, I wanted to ask specifically, uh, the Death Dreads, uh, what are they there to do, and uh, why have you got them? Uh, they're really good counter-charge, mm -hmm. they bring reliable shooting, they're tough to shift, they don't degrade. And I think you need a bit of, sometimes Orcs struggle in that, you know, you need some actual rending combat, and Orcs are really good at throwing tons of bodies with a power claw in, waving around, going, yay, D3 damage for me! And he inevitably <laughs> fluffs all his attacks. Whereas having a dread or two just pop over. Same with the um, the rocket buggies. Mm, the yeah. With the, with the, the rocket, uh, what are they called? The scrap jets. The mega yeah. scrap jets are really good. I think they're probably one of my favorite orc units. And the, the fact they can split up and bomb around the board is really annoying. Because between the mortal wounds on the attack, the double fight, the shooting with the rockets, they just, they put out so much damage. Mm -hmm. And against lots of little marine units at toughness four, toughness five with death skulls, they're just annoying. Yeah. So I think all of that together, Plus the Deskull's generous jankiness anyway works really well. Yeah. Uh, moving on moving on from that one then, because obviously you're playing the Death Guard there, but it'll be an interesting matchup to come back and look at later. You then put your third defender down, which is Harlequins. Now, at the start of this event, we actually saw a lot of people using Harlequins as first defender, but now they've, they've shifted kind of down the levels to more like second, third, maybe. What, what do you think has caused that, and why, and why are they now down, down that end? What do you think the people are using the Harlequins differently? They were using the Harlequins as first defender a lot, but a lot of those teams have now moved them down from first defender to third defender. If you didn't use them like that, that's fine, and we can we can move to something else. But I, I don't. I know. mean, so so for, for us, third defender one. The way that we approach pairings is mm -hmm. your first round is you put a list forward. The opponent picks two. You pick the answer for it. Play. You do it again the second round. The third round is the the clinch round because mm -hmm. yes. whatever you pick, the other list gets turned down but plays the list your opponent turned down mm -hmm. on their side so the harlequins are the best all comers i think i've already said that they yeah. can move fast they can play mech they can play horde they can do psychics they can play hide the hidey game they can mm -hmm. zoom out and take objectives off you give you a static list so i think the reason you see them held back is why do you want to put them out first mm -hmm. They can do anything, and you want to pick a heavy board. The six heavy boards are two light ones, so your board isn't going to go disappearing. Mm -hmm. So really, by the time you get to that swing round, you can put them in and go, I don't care what it is, but whatever I think you're going to turn down, I'll pick the right option and hopefully mm -hmm. guess it right, and that will give me an overall better team matchup. Because the first, the first two put-forwards and pairs in response obviously affects the round, but we've always felt that that swing round is the clincher. You win or lose your rounds based on how those final four go. Because it's a guess at who you're going to put as champion or the last list. And it's the choice of which list you're going to refuse into what you think they're going to refuse. Yeah. That's where the, the matrix comes in. So a bit of player experience comes in. A bit of, a bit of luck sometimes where you've got to guess it. Mm -hmm. 
and then a bit of, a bit of skill as well. No, it's perfect, mate. Yeah. And they offered up the four-plane 32-priest Admech and the triple Catan with the triple Tesseract Arts for you. And you took the four-plane 32-priest uh, Admech list, which which I'm assuming... I, th- I think that's quite good for you. It, it, it is full gripe priest, by the way. So it is full gripe. So yeah. it's fantastic. If they were shooty priests, you wouldn't take that much up. No, no. No, and I think... I mean, I know the planes can fly over and turn off mm-hmm. auras and things, but then you've flown the planes over. And they die. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Because yeah. even with minus one damage, <laughs> minus one to hit, mm-hmm. you're hoping you've got enough offense in the rest of that Harley list, even without the bikes. Maybe, uh, you know, Chris thought that without the bikes, it's a bit of an easy prospect. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just seeing Jim right in the uh, chat there that his Agbert player, the Agbert player is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, what Have you got an infusion pistols in battle? Is it so, clearly, Chris wasn't communicating, or Chris saw something his Agbert player didn't see. <laughs> Well, because um, uh, well, I mean that probably comes back to what we said. We thought, oh, they haven't got their admin player to take it open board. Yeah, Stay. sorry, Jim. Already, already said it on on the on the podcast. Crystal heard it while he's watching hockey. We've already called the pairings with the admin success, so now I've just given them ammunition to top of their It's okay. We, we agree. I mean, we agreed to share our matrix with each other afterwards because Chris, Chris, we offered to do it before uh, after the pairings, but he said, well, and to be fair, he's right. I don't want to. I don't want to give any of my players like false confidence or spook them if they think it's a good yeah. matchup and we also think it's good, or vice versa if they think it's bad and we think it's bad. Then they're like, "Oh, what, what have I missed?" <laughs> I mean, it, it's been great to do some of these with other teams. Like, I mean, the Poland ones have always been hilarious, where like both players have put a red. They both hate it. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you both think that your opponent's list twenty nils you? In the same game. <laughs> I, I mean, at least it's going to be a learning experience there, mate. That sounds that like would, it's yeah, going to learn something. Yeah. yeah, absolutely fine. So you take that one, and then that obviously leaves the uh, Triple Catan, Triple Tesseract uh, arc vault to the hook matchup, which is whatever the Canadians then reject plays that, right? So bearing that in mind, the Canadians put down Garden Custodies with, with lots of infantry and the two Medusas. I actually had to look up what a Medusa does, because... <laughs> I mean, I wasn't that impressed when I saw it, to be honest, mate. I'm yeah. not, not entirely sure about it. I mean, you I'm going to put... go to Wahapedia and actually look one up now as well. Thanks, thanks, Neil. That's a great plug there, mate. Brilliant. Well done. <laughs> we, have it, we have to get in every week, don't we? Other GW-sponsored research <laughs> facilities are available. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, Rob. Is, is Rob wants to get GW sponsorship? or <laughs> Me? Yeah. I, mean... no, I, think, I think I found out today I might be banned from Warhammer World, so who knows? How did you uh... that? What did you do? I'm I mean, just too cool. Like just, they can't have me in there. Like the fucking yeah. sex appeal goes right. I spent far too much money in that store, so they can't <laughs> make that. If you keep putting, you keep putting your knob in the paints, Rob. That's gonna happen. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's we've only just met today, but I feel like I meant that joke. So but it, but uh, <laughs> what amazes me that it fits. That's what, like, <laughs> so I've Amazing got to do it. Like, I have a big knob joke about yourself. <laughs> no, so Medusa is just basically an indirect demolisher cannon. Yeah. Demi D6, strength 10, AP3, damage D6. Anything on threes or fours, Neil? Fours. Oh, well, there's a problem. It's guard. It's guard. It's guard. It's not a tank commander. Yeah, but it's four to a bollocks. You never know, do you? So they put down that. And then you count that with your own custodians and guard with the with the Venetaria, but of a manacles, as we've already said, and then the triple Catan Necrons as well. Um, yeah, I think you've got that pinned, right? I think both those lists beat that pretty comfortably. What do you think? We hope so. We thought mm-hmm. we've got the Crons move over and get there and, and have the, the reach to do it and the Custodies just to outscore it and be tanky and we'll yep. just stand there and go, cool, I'll get my points. Thanks very much. 
pretty much. And what did you anticipate them picking with that? Because obviously you have to then think about what's then going to go into whatever you reject. And were you happy with how the hook turned so out? So I ne- we nearly switched it, and I nearly mm. wanted the cross. I, I, right. I, I literally, as we were putting it down, I went, wait, 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 wait. And I went, no, 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 just do it. Because I thought that they'd do exactly what they did. And I thought to myself, is it better to go our custodies into their custodies, our crons into their crons? But mm. I think that their crons has got a bit more shooting and probably yeah. isn't ideal. I think that our custodies then can tank a bit better. So I think that probably works works out better for us. Okay. Because normally you see things like custodies into triple Catan, you think like, Ugh, but you've got slightly bigger bricks, which means you can soak up a bit better, right? I think so. I mean, yeah. between, uh, the custodies just scores well, whatever version yeah. of the list it is. So I think with the way we've got it now, we're hopefully giving ourselves the best chance to stop them scoring and to get our to, to, to get our faster elements across the board in both those matchups, really. Yeah, that's fair. And then the, the champion matchup is between two lists that we haven't seen the entire pairings section so far, and that's Sisters and the Sisters, uh, which, I mean, you've got double Zephyrim. I like the Zephyrim. Uh, I feel like they're very consistent in getting in where you don't have to constantly be spending Miracle Dice, unlike Repentia, right? Because if you've got hitting turn two and then you've got to bring some on turn three, you're going to end up with one just, like, waiting. Whereas Zephyrim gives you some more freedom to actually kind of hit stuff, I guess, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the, it, when it came to that last swing round, the Sisters mm-hmm. had a negative game, and then the Harlequins had a positive and all didn't care so we guessed that they wouldn't chuck that guard list in the hole because it didn't want certain terrain it wouldn't want loads of things that will hamper the shooting mm-hmm. and we guessed that right so the sisters is it's probably a draw game maybe somebody edges it 11 9 12 8 one way or the other yeah exactly. a bit of luck but yeah. we'll take that i think because it's sisters can be a really fearsome list mm-hmm. um, i mean i think they've they started off probably turn of the year they were a much more fearsome list in pairings and have gradually been knocked down in terms of effectiveness and resiliency by some of the newer books. And I think so you, I mean, so you Dark did, Eldar will do that as well. Sorry, you didn't decide this because of the fact that Chris has put himself as champion every round so far. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be honest with you, we didn't look into that. We just... <laughs> Chris has consistently been going as champion every round, if I remember. Or maybe maybe he's done it three times, but he's very consistent right now about backing himself as the yeah, I'll take whoever. I mean, it's not really taking whoever, though, is it? Because it depends on what happens with the rest of the pairings, doesn't it? Yeah. So over, overall, Tony, how do you feel like the pairings went for you guys? Is it one of those where you feel pretty confident, or is it we're going to do a couple of things differently, We try and learn some matchups? We thought we would come out of it with a narrow win. So having a score come in that we thought was a draw as a big win really helps. Um, but we'll see. Mm. Because it's got, the, they, I'm sure there is more than enough scope in those pairings for even some of the bad ones say that they're still going to get points. But do they just, does it just keep going and going and they get 20 nil in return? You know, that that's always a danger. Do the draws all go against us? Do we get a series of 11, 9 or 12, 8, but they're all just slightly against us in that that respect? Yeah. A good a good team, good players that have picked good list. It's anything's possible, really. So it's a bit of dice on the day, I'd hope. Um, and hopefully nobody picking daft secondaries. Would you say we'll the uh, the addition is uh, is still new enough that everyone is still learning a lot? I think yeah, because I think normally, I think a lot of the guys who are involved in it with us at the moment are proper tournament heads. So if you know if they were going to tournaments and getting their asses kicked every weekend, they'd have sorted it by now, or they'd be practicing more. And I think just having TTS to practice on 
makes it difficult because it, it could take, you know, I mean, oh, one of our players uh, took 11 hours for his first game in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I wonder who it is. Uh, uh, I mean, he, he's, he's not playing uh, currently and it's not because of that. And his second yeah. round game, he did much quicker. But he was so nervous about it because he hadn't done a team event for it. He had played TTS, but he was, it, it was just being... Like he took forty-five minutes to measure out zoning out an objective with a small squad. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. That like it's not it's not malicious, but the spillover is it really kills the yeah. game, doesn't it? So I think some, then we've still had some slow games. We have, yeah. and I know that the refs have done a really good job of putting in ways to comp that and help. But equally, uh, it's not nice to call a ref in, is it? Oh, that's no. always been. I'm sure Neil will no. tell you as head ref. Uh, how many? Whether it's a casual event or it's WTC. So afterwards, somebody will go and complain and bitch for the rest of the week about something that, that, that this person did this, but they didn't call a ref because they didn't. They felt uncomfortable doing it. Hundred percent. I mean, the amount of times people come to me, maybe even like a week after the tournament, and start going, oh, "I want this." It's like too late, buddy. I mean, no yeah. offense. You you call us then and there, or you don't. People are like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to create confrontation with opponents. Like, well, if you're pissed about your opponents, then what does it matter if he gets pissed off back at you? Yeah. If you weren't, yeah. but but if you weren't pissed off at him, then there wasn't really yeah, a problem. Yeah. You can just, and, if you, it's just if you're not sure, sometimes you can call a ref and just yeah. work it out, and it's cool. Yeah, exactly. And to, and to call this out, I've been one of my big complaints about this event is that there's been a lot of people calling stuff out or complaining about stuff well after the fact, mm -hmm. yeah. like people going back and this whole kind of like armchair uh, general thing. People going back and rewatching games, rewatching close games, looking for mistakes, and then. Trying to call out the mistake way after the fact. Well, it's just like no. Yeah, just our like, last no. round they had. Um, we had one game where the person wanted to do something but couldn't, so they left it there and they said, "Well, if we can't do that," and afterwards he realised he could have done something else, and it gave him a point extra on the score. So we just gave it him. And then yeah. another one of our players went, "Oh, but I could have done this in my game," and I went, oh, "Okay." And, he that went, and, and that, yeah, after the round, I just said, "I didn't claim it." Because even if it had, a, I said, I think we have to give people a bit of a break. And I'd like to go at least one round. We're not having to yeah. go to the ref team about something. Yeah. We've had, uh, it, do you know what? If I was at the real life event, uh, you, it's not, it's not I'm, I'm playing the game and sucking up to people. It's just annoying, isn't it? Like yeah. you say, just get it right in your game. And that's a lesson yeah. learned. If I, I was think, I ref, well. I'd equally just turn you, well, then you both agreed it at the time. Tough. Yeah, I think as well. There's been some. There's something to be said. This might sound a little bit ego. Just want to say it. There's something to be said with the WTC culture. Like you know, myself and Tom worked very hard for many, many years. Tom Adriani, to like you know, we have. You've been in this chat at the start of the tournament. You know, we say no one's gonna be a dick, or you're gonna get penalised. You know, we have that chat every year. We've instilled that attitude over years that just play by intent, play the right way. Because both of you and your opponent are top players. You know what you would need to do. Don't have any bullshit. And that generally works at the WTC. But with this event, I mean, it's either because people, there's a lot of new people, people trying to like prove something, whatnot. There's been a lot more of that dickiness happening, I think. I think mm. it it's different when you're online, isn't it? Like yeah. anything, like posting, like abuse, like responding to people, yeah. like trolling. It's very different doing it face-to-face -face than it is doing it online. Yeah. You just post a little mm -hmm. message because it really yeah. feeds you off. Yeah. yeah, and with TTS as well, there has to be some give and take, right? Because it's not like these boards are super easy to micromanage on, especially when you're talking about your player measuring out 45 for 45 minutes. Like, like yeah. deep strike. I don't want to disparage anybody. I don't want anyone to be upset. I genuinely don't care if we win or lose this round. It's no, right. good practice, and I'm yeah. watching my players under pressure against people that may beat them. And it's about yeah. if they beat them, how they take the loss, how they feed back to me. 
because I could watch a game and get the feedback that's completely different to how the game went. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's the right actually for CTS. Yeah, hundred percent. As Tom says, you know, end of the day, you know, we're, we're playing for man dollies, and now we're playing for fake man dollies. <laughs> you know, it's virtual man dollies here. It's not perfect. It's far from a perfect system. Just, like I say, treat it as a practice. Don't take it too seriously. Have a laugh, make new friends. Yeah, which is why I, I don't want to like play in any kind of online event for WTC replacement. I'd rather just play the I'd, I'd play WTC, nothing, TTS, WTC, because it's not the same and it's not worth the hassle. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Uh, how, how long until we know the results for this match is the real question. And Neil and Tom, time for a prediction uh, like we did last time. Uh, let's see how you're going to do. Well, it's obvious what I'm going to say. <laughs> Canada. Because, <laughs> yeah, because fuck you, England. <laughs> uh, fuck you and your vaccine supplies. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, Rob, if you don't know, I'm actually Scottish at heart, so... Yeah, well, I'm okay. I understand. Like... So uh, yeah, Tony knew that was coming a mile off. It doesn't matter. It could, it could be it could be England versus Uzbekistan, and I'll still back Uzbekistan because it's anybody but England. That's my motto. <laughs> sorry, Tom, do you feel I the love same? You, Tony. I'm sorry. Yeah, my mate's just trying to add me to a private Discord call by just telling me it exists. Um, I'm going to go 109.51 to England. I'm going to back you guys. That's a big score. All right, he's expected some of our blacks to swing in a, in a good direction. All right, but the greens coming in instead of ten ten draws. Like it, nice. Okay. Tony, do you want to throw a, a prediction in, or you're you're going to leave it? It, it? If we could, if we could get something around ninety five from the scores are on now, I'd be really pleased. Uh, as it is, I think it'll be a narrow win one way or the other. It might even be a draw, um, just because I think. I certainly as well, I think the first score coming in 20 as well will make other players go, ah, oh, crap, I've really got to be on the ball with this one. So, we'll see. Okay, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, and this is, uh, this is round four, so we've still got a round left after this. Uh, Neil, do you know who currently is doing well at the event? Um, um, not England or Canada. <laughs> so, I'm, j- I'm joking, fantastic. you guys are just... You can still <laughs> p- podium potential, so it's actually quite... How's the super team doing? Give me a second. I'm going to pull they, it Who up. did Canada play last round? Did they play Germany scouting? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That was a that that was Canada. So Germany was, scouting are number one hottest takes two. They are playing each other right now. Yeah, that's going to be Ukraine, really Ukraine and Poland. Ukraine, so Ukraine and Poland have already played. So it's Poland versus this, the French in the semi-croissants and Ukraine versus the Polish B team, the Jack Straws. So it's quite close. I mean, obviously, England are sitting at eighth, just behind Spain. So it's still quite tight. You know, there's only two teams on their three straight wins right now. Where are Hottest Takes from, Neil? Hottest Takes are a TTS team. They are WTC players and TTS players from all over the world. So you've got Jim Vessel, who is Team Belgium's uh, new hot, hot boy. He just won the Warp Hammer tournament. He's won quite a few events. You've got Austin from Team Japan, who's also won a bunch of events. You've got the basic guys who've been doing really well at TTS events the past year, who they forgot to know each other and went, hey, let's go over and just like kick these WTC people around. It's super interesting, but when you talk to him, it's super interesting because this is a first, for most of these guys the first team tour they've had, and they've been getting a bit of coaching off uh, Tommy Adriani to help them out. But it's been a big learning curve for them, and from what I gather, a very interesting one as well. 
like, like you said, like, like I said earlier, like this whole idea of moving from single player mentality to team player mentality has been super big for them. Well, they are delivering. They're absolutely delivering. So I think next week we were going to talk about, I think it was the Ukraine matchup we were going to talk about. We haven't actually talked about those guys yet. But yeah. Yeah, exciting. Sounds Sounds good. Uh, it is. I mean, the whole conversation about national teams versus super teams. Um, and then uh, Tony, uh, not last year, year before, when it was the big poach of an American player in the team. <laughs> Uh, like, uh, hey, you're not talking about the big potion for two Welsh players, mate. Hey, settle down. <laughs> I just, I just, I mean, I mean, yeah. If so we're Welsh. I'm sorry. If we're talking about England poaching, let's get to the fact that half the team has played to Scotland previously, and then we'll get on to Wales. Yeah, that's because you guys are both original. Hey, Neil, you're, 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 you let it happen, so that's on you. Uh, let's put it that way. You're, you're like the, uh, the, foot, the uh, Spanish football team scout that comes back from South America. Yeah, <laughs> all these people, all these people are Italians and Spanish. Honest. <laughs> well, we, uh, right. we, oh, we had, so we had Nick uh, the year we won it, and oh, I still get some stick about that that we didn't properly win it. And I'm like, I, I don't care. I mean, you could pick your world top eight players that you think are going to play well for this. Nobody's going to hand you to a TC. I've been going enough years to know it is so hard, and every team's out to be you. Everybody's going to play their best, uh, and it. We were lucky. We had some. We had some things go our way at the event. We had some rounds we scraped. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it, so we, some, uh, we, some some penalties to the referees that helped. Uh, out. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I don't even want to get into the penalties there because I feel like the the round that we the only round we drew we should have we should have won, and there were shenanigans all across yeah. the board. Do you know what I mean? And I think I, I felt like that penalty was just in the end, and that was a bit of karma for uh, some poor choices from other people at the event, which I just don't condone that kind of behaviour at Toy Soldier. Yeah. But, you oh. know... Uh, but and you should have called a referee, Tony. I believe we did in both cases. Trust me, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I, was, I wasn't called, I can yeah. say that. I was, called, I was called to one table and it was both your guys' fault. Oh, uh, I mean, the, the one... Well, one where a guy thought he had zoned out the opponent and then his opponent went, Cool, there's this massive gap because you didn't put anything here. Put his army down, and then his opponent went, No, 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 no. And the decision was actually, No, yeah, you should let him go and zone that out, even though he's done a shooting phase and he didn't kill as much as he wanted to. I disagree with that, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. And the other one was completely on our player, he should have called the ref straight away, where his opponent timed out and he had an hour and a bit left, and they'd done a turn and a half. Wow. What do you mean? Wow. That's both of them. He he's still Liverpool. Spent He'd, he'd still spent two and a bit hours, or well, two odd hours of his time, and he'd done his own turn and a bit. Was that, I mean? Ma- it, was that Manny? Uh, I'm talking about no players. I'm mentioning no names. Because <laughs> so, uh, Manny was the Liverpool one that I went to. Yeah, <laughs> but he, that's, he that's got to turn two. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the kind of uh, yeah. And then, I mean, if you well, referencing Manny's game, I'm sure Manny would say he was, he was furious that he didn't that that did that. Uh, and his game got ruled in the, in the way that it did. That he didn't get to play time. That things didn't go his way. And I'm like. Then you should have got a ref at the first yeah. point. We no, think, Manny, I remember that because Manny called me ten minutes before the end, and it was like, "Dude, if this has happened how you said it's happened, why didn't you call me two hours ago?" Yeah. Well, I was—I mean, I was—I was at the other end playing an amber demon horde list and getting nineteen-one. Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 I like—I I was like, just don't play me into an obsec horde list on a multiple objective game. Oh look, demon horde. Then the guy was really scared of my planes and hid in a ruin. All this, game. Were you playing Craft World, Chewie? I was playing yeah. the, the the planes of doom. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but the, the, the lesson to take away for people listening is if you have a problem in the game, you ask a referee. You don't wait. Just ask the referees. Yeah. We'll it, sort it. I, I, the I longer no you wait, the less it'll get sorted. I tell you what, to, to, to go for that round, which was really hotly contested, was tough, was really temperamental, to play in the Australians in the last round, where it was literally, we could have been playing him at the pub and having a chat, do you know what I mean? It was such a chill round, even though we were playing to win the WTC. That's how you wanted the round to go. Yeah. That's yeah. how you want every round to be a WTC. And actually, most of them are like that. Yeah. Nine, nine, I, I've been seven years now, so, you know, 42 games. I had one game that's been testy, and I had one game where my opponent got carded because whilst I was getting my army out of my bag, a ref saw him turn some dice over and gave me a yellow card. <laughs> and for, I remember it was for moving a Riptide because it rolled a double one for a jump move, even though I had all my army in reserve and wouldn't come on for another turn. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, this has made the game really sour. All but of my very, but very stupid of your opponents to do that. Yeah, especially in front of a referee. Come on. Man. Well, the referee apparently was passing and just went, and like, when you come out in the rest, it's a bit like that meme of Nick Vanavai, <laughs> but it was for my opponent. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but, um, to, be honest, to be honest, as a referee, if I sounding malicious, they're the best moments is when you walk, is when you walk in behind people and you it. see them doing something and you're just like, hello, hello, hello. Like rolling some yeah. kids. And you just see it on their faces straight away. You know if it was if it was genuine or not. The minute they, they their faces tell you straight away. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, no. Like, I can, in half a second, I know if that was an innocent mistake or not. But um, you know what? Most of the games are really great. The environment's really good. People spend all that time and all that money to get there. They don't go there to go. And you don't win. There's no monetary prize at the end of it. It isn't the ITC. You aren't winning a big, massive, you know, body-sized check for thousands well, of dollars. Oh, what, what, is, a, is a hug from me to an Ishik not sufficient? It's worth more than I five mean, grand. I mean, if, 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 if at the end of the next one I've won and there's a choice between giving you a hug or taking a big check home... Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be fair, Neil is very sweaty, so I don't know. One, of, one of them has be passed on to my wife and earned me brownie points. The other one, not so much. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's lovely. It'd be lovely having you three on the show, Tony. It's been absolutely fascinating just listening to you talk about this. So, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been it's been very much appreciated. There is an after party. Uh, thanks to Jim for donating uh, fifty three pounds to the show, uh, which is nice. Which has also let me shout out that he's doing an after show about this. So, if you go check out Duplicity Paints, uh, but it's really appreciated, Jim, mainly so you can get to a comedy mum- number on the bar. Uh, uh, Tony, uh, is there any way? Uh, is there any other place that we can hear you talk about forty k? Because I would like to listen to that more. Do you know what? No. <laughs> you just have to get your more often. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't really ever. I probably should have done something in the lockdown period, but I haven't really. I just kind of sit in the background, crying over Gene Steeler cult that being crap and uh, <laughs> and mulling the days when my craft world to be good again. Uh, but well, if no, you want to come on, if you want to come on my show, you're more than welcome. Uh, I'm live every day, so if we can fit it in, we'll get you on. If that sounds good to you, that sounds great, guys. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Neil. Uh, next week, uh, Tom's. I mean, sad news about WTC, but good decisions. Um, and then we're still going to hear more. We can still obviously go onto the WTC website if you want to hear more information on what's happening at the moment. Um, uh, I don't hate Eldar. <laughs> I just hate Eldar. Where did that come from? Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> Valerie, just just by two years of Eighth Edition being triggered uh, through most of that. I think you can't even spell Eldar. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I don't care about his opinion. Uh, you know what? It's amazing how many people still go. 
they still look at the stats of a D cannon and go, that's so broken, man. And you're like, it's the worst codex hey, going. They've got some kind of like reticent like trauma from 7th edition. Oh, that's yeah, it's bad times. I mean, I've got trauma from 8th edition. I mean, that's more recent. So, uh, <laughs> Neil, the website's still up, right? So we can still check that out and everything yeah, that's happening. Exactly. It's, it's all still up. All Tory Keeper for the little scores and stuff. Greek Hammer Facebook page, everything else. So next week, we'll either probably look at either Ukraine versus Poland 2. Yeah. Or I was thinking Poland one versus our best mates, the semi Salons, the Crispies. So two interesting matches there, guys. We've obviously talked about before. So it'd be interesting to see how their lists are changing, how they're doing. Fascinating. All right, sweet. Was, well, thank yeah, you to you three then. Uh, it's, been, it's very much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any shout outs before we head out today? No. I've got none apart from obviously my, my apart from, sorry apart from my usual one. Get your asses onto Patreon, the Honest War Gamer, and put oh, your money in the bank for Rob. Throw that away. Tony, or else. Throw that away. Tony, the, the, you got shout outs? Anyone want to shout out? Uh, the only thing I will say is, as the captain of Team England, we have um, there's a closed group called Team WTC Team England 40k, and obviously with WTC not happening this year, we're going to be drawing to a close our recruitment uh, for 2021's event, and we're probably going to be looking to start recruiting again so if you if you're interested in trying out for england and you're english sorry nick and i uh we would uh like you to, to to apply we'd like to put yourself put yourself forward um there's lot hopefully as things start opening up we'll do some events some practice days a chance to come and meet me and other members of the team that help put the t- set up every year but it's all on facebook you can generally track me down if you're interested thanks amazing amazing yeah. we'll put the link we'll make sure we put the link in the both the podcast and youtube show notes uh so people will be able to find the access there so if you guys want to if you guys do look for that in the notes right now you'll be able to find it all right sweet let's head out for the day Ray. oh uh, uh, yeah i'm gonna I was, i'm already looking uh, i think we'll go uh, we'll <laughs> neil go is very eager look at him go uh, uh, well i was listening earlier today when rob almost forgot I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons I almost forget most of the day, but it's always centered around about around the fact that I'm not that oh, smart. But but that That's... that guy, you, that guy you raided this today, the Death Guard, the guy who's played the Death Guard model. He he bless him. He was so lovely. <laughs> he was lovely, really yeah. nice. They all are. So normally, I don't know if you've done this before, Tony, or you watch much Twitch, but you can basically everyone who's currently watching, we can send them uh, and go and raid someone. So I just thought we're going to raid a bit of a 40k legend right now and go read uh, raid Jay from Mohawk Miniatures. I'm down uh, for that, yeah. Because he's just a super lovely bloke. Uh, for everyone who's tuned in live, thanks very much. Thank you to my three guests, uh, wonderful people, and you can hear more from them sometime soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for me. See everyone Bye. soon. Have a nice day.